Welcome to Cubation Time. It's Thursday, August 17th, 2017. I'm Manuel Seman, aka Manny, aka Manuelson, aka Mandible, aka El Gordo, aka the fast food Galileo, aka the beaner with the cool demeanor, aka full bodied Einstein, aka the old left handed. <laughs> that was a weird pause. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still just Will. <laughs> All right, uh, so this is episode 10. We're back. Uh, we're coming to you from the confines of my lab. And uh, as always, you know, we're just coming to discuss whatever is popping through our minds. Uh, in this case, for me, it's I hate when you go to a journal's website, you're trying to find a paper, and they make you go through like four steps to get the PDF. That's one. Number two, why don't all PDFs already have the supplementary info in them? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It makes zero sense. And also, like, the, the extra methods, too. It'll be like, check online for methods. Yeah. I'm, I'm online. Unless, I'm here. Unless there's a database or, like, a separate, like, website to, like, check, like, massive amounts of data, I want the PDF to have everything in it. It's a PDF. There's no reason. There's no... It's not a physical magazine where you need to restrict the amount of space. Yeah, that makes, makes no zero sense. sense. I just... Just give me what I want. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you. So we, I, so I actually, so I use this like app. It's called ReadCube, and they, uh, if you download your PDF from there, then it actually brings the supplements in with it, which okay, is kind of nice. That's Although good. sometimes it kind of fucks up and labels the supplement as the actual article. Oh no! So then it pulls up the supplement first, and I'm sitting there being like, "Where's, where's the abstract? Don't <laughs> <laughs> get it." <laughs> I gotta like dig through some menus to find it but like yeah. otherwise pretty solid so I'm pretty sure that Ridcube was developed by Nature Publishing Group I think so I think yeah. they like own them I don't know it's not as great like it's nice but like it's kind of clunky and it's like yeah. there are annoying parts of it there I feel like maybe like industry has like amazing software that we don't know about or like maybe Someone uh, probably has amazing. I just can't yeah. figure out the best way to do it. But there's it. no, there's no organic, easy way to organize papers. No. Like all the way back when I used to just like print it and have folders and just separate it by like topic, um, to today where I have like a, a program called Papers, and it's still like it takes a lot of time. Yeah. You need like to be on top of it. It's like an iTunes library. You can mm. either just like, you know, go. Free for, free for yeah, all. yeah, like still have your, your CASA or LimeWire files that were just like JC, Britney Spears, Eminem, uh, never released.mp3. Yeah. Or you can be an OCD idiot like me and try to put the cover <laughs> and the year and everything Ooh, I did that too. to every CD. Yeah. It's very, very satisfactory. It also leads me to, I don't update my library. Yeah. I don't want to fuck that up. Right. Otherwise, yeah. So you either you either you buy the music legally through iTunes, or you're not updating anything. Right. So, you know that's where I'm at. I don't know. Or you could just be like complete anarchy and tabs, <laughs> tabs, <laughs> all for days. I mean, if you love a slow computer, that's the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love to spend a lot of money in my computer, <laughs> and then just bog it down with tabs. Yeah, tabs. Love it. Yeah. Thirty papers. <laughs> Thirty open papers. at once. 30 papers most of them opened like four months ago have i read the abstract i don't know no no <laughs> probably not <laughs>
So it's been a while since we last recorded, and um, in the past we had been told, I guess, by a few people that we can be a little bit negative sometimes on the podcast. Um, right. I'm going to go ahead and ignore that note, because all the stuff that I've found really, like, to talk about, I found three things that I really wanted to talk about, and they sort of have a common theme. And the theme ha- happens to be that they all involve really shitty people. Yeah, let's do it, man. Yeah, so I'm just going to go through them. The first shitty person that I want to talk about is Martin Screlly. Okay. So I don't know if you, or I know you remember, but basically this guy was the guy who uh, raised the price of Daraprim, which was a drug that is uh, given to AIDS patients. Um, and he basically like raised the price overnight and it was like ridiculous. Like, yeah, ridiculous. 700% expensive. Yeah. overnight. So this guy, he was recently found guilty for some sort of financial crimes recent, uh, like pretty recently. Mm-hmm. And um, they released the jury selection transcripts for uh, his trial. And these, the quotes from this are just like outrageous. They're like comedy gold. And mostly because I, when I imagine a jury, I kind of imagine like, you know, middle-aged, like white people, like like my aunt, who is like kind of like graying curly hair. And I just kind of imagine her like sitting in a courtroom with like her glasses on, like sipping tea. And then the... Why would she be sipping tea in because, a courtroom? Because courtrooms are accommodating to the elderly. Okay. I assume. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But then the judge... Like, wait, wait, up. but, like, let's say, God forbid, your aunt is in jail. Okay. In your mind, is she also sipping tea in jail? Definitely, definitely. Okay. Because She's jails are to accommodating like... to a little Yes, yeah. Okay. I think she also Good has, point. like, maybe a feather bed. And uh, <laughs> and definitely, like, one of those, you know, like, the, like, paper curtains that they have... Oh, in, for the bathroom? Yeah, for the bathroom. Okay, okay. Yeah, like yeah. a wall divider for, the, like, for your weird dorm room. Part of me yeah. wants that to be true. I yeah. want... Like, her, to be her jail cell is definitely, elderly. like, um, decorated from, like, Target dorm room <laughs> selection of stuff. Yeah. She's got the hot water heater in there. Okay, yeah. good, good. Yeah. And this shank under her pillow. For sure. Made out of <laughs> if anyone like, arts and up. crafts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but, <laughs> so she's sipping tea. Yeah, so she's courtroom. sipping tea in the courtroom, and the judge is like, why can't you be on this jury? And she just looks up and she says, because he looks like a dick. <laughs> actual quote. Yeah, actual quote. <laughs> and, like, another person says, I saw his face in the newspaper, and something just wasn't right about him. Oh. Like, and the thing is, like, they're all about how he looks like a shifty asshole. I know, and he really does, like, yeah. he, you you can just see it in his face, and he has this weird smirk as well, I don't know, um, it does bring, like, to me, the question is, was he, did he develop, when, when he became, like, such an asshole, did his face evolve with it, or, like, I, I can't understand why, like, every shitty person in this world, when they are photographed for the newspaper, you look at that face and you're just like, obviously, we should have seen this coming. This guy looks like an asshole. You know, I wonder, I think you might be right. Like, I bet he had the, like, the bone structure of a dick, right? you know? Right. But um, over time, like, once people, like, started, once he started acting like a dick and people were also treating him like he was a dick, then maybe, like, the smug 
like facial expression evolved. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, it's like a bit evolution. Of it's, it's an a evolution. Yeah. It's a like natural selection of the the dickishness. Because like you you should know, right? Like if if someone looks like that in your group of friends, you're just like, okay, let's not put him in power. Let's just like you know, appease him and let it be because that face just breeds trouble. But yeah, part of me is very happy to see him go away um, for obvious reasons, like we all hate him. But also, he like really screwed up a good thing for pharma. <laughs> like no one cared. I mean, obviously drug prices were like excessive and they're indefensible. But if it wasn't for his grandstanding, like stupid personality, I don't think they would be the center piece of almost every conversation or like every two or three days you see a story in the New York Times or on Twitter or wherever. Yeah, and the people po- are politicians really... are like all over it too. Exactly. Yeah. Like uh, Franken and, and uh, Elizabeth Warren and almost every Democratic senator mm-hmm. has said something about prescription drugs and uh, for good reason. But it must be very frustrating to be CEO of one of the big pharmaceutical companies and see all of it crumbling down or attempts to to you know to regulate it because of some asshole that was just in charge of a very small company and that essentially just because he was trolling and like had no shame in his attempts and to had a huge high prices. ego right yeah big ego. he just brought attention to himself business and then, person uh, well bringing attention to himself <laughs> trolling <laughs> okay where are we going with this i feel like he's gonna run for president <laughs> for sure yeah for sure maybe like first president of like the jail block cell that he's on but <laughs> he's then gonna soon, organize them yeah he's gonna organize them so trump shkreli 2020 then oh shkreli who's the next like big douchebag who, who could go the mooch oh <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine shkreli scaramooch 2024 <laughs> shkreli what a what an amazing bumper sticker. It would be sticker. great. <laughs> it would be great. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's insane how personality matters a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think if he, if, if the entire world didn't hate him, I don't think a lot of these securities fraud uh, claims would have come forward against him. Um, and, I, and just like I said, if it wasn't for him, I don't think we'd talk about drug pricing all the time either. Yeah. Um, well, so then maybe, like, we should be thanking him. I guess. I yeah, know. yeah, it depends who you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, because he now, like, he's the pharma bro. That's how everyone yeah, knows Yeah, yeah, um, And so now when you say pharma, like, his fucking rat face is attached <laughs> to that image. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to not, you know, like, I think pharma has, like, the same approval rating as, like, the Senate. Which is not great. Not, no, not so hot. You know, for an industry that creates, like, cures and stuff, it's not great to be at polling in, you know, low double digits. Yeah. So, yeah. Shkreli definitely didn't help with that. Yeah. Well. You know who helped with that, though? Ken Fraser. Oh, your boy. My boy. CEO of Merck. Yeah. Uh, uh, resigned from Trump's Manufacturing Council. Showing some moral leadership. <laughs> As pharma always does. I, we were just talking always, about this. Always. Always does. That's right. Um, so, you know, like, Will likes to hate on pharma a lot. Sorry that you're busy focusing on Martin Shkreli. I'm just too busy admiring Ken Fraser, man. 
Okay. And his moral leadership. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. All right. Well, you get one win. Sorry. One win per episode, and you've taken it now. Yes. So now I don't want to hear any more wins <laughs> for the rest of the episode. Okay. All right. I'll take it, though. Cool. I'll take it. It's very hard. Here's how shitty of a president we have that uh, the CEO of Pharma comes out as the one people applaud yeah, in a funny. fight between the both of them. Think about that two years ago. Like, that would have never happened if Obama and the CEO of a, of a pharmaceutical company had a, a, a fight. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> so my second uh, shitty person that I want to talk about is the guy who's doing these NIH phone scams. <laughs> yes. Because well, he's not... Sh- well, he's shitty... But I, but like he's on a different level from Shkreli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Shkreli is pure evil. This guy is evil, but also comedy. Yeah, this is to me. This is more hilarious than anything else, <laughs> because he's doing the like thing where he calls you know elderly people who you know maybe don't get phone calls all the time and. Maybe you're hurting for some funds and their NIH grant. Right. He's taking advantage of them. And it's just amazing because, like, everyone knows that the people most susceptible to phone scams are the baby boomers. Yes. And everyone knows. Because they're the ones that have landlines. Well, they're the (laughs) first starters. Mainly, (laughs) yes, they're the ones that have landlines. But also, they they grew up feeling like they just could trust anyone. That's true. I feel like, right? And... And the combination of unconditional trust and uh, antiquated technology is just, you know, a scam waiting to happen. That is true. And this guy figured it out. And he was like, what is a desperate group of boomers that I can target? I know. Principal investigators. (laughs) It's brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. And it's like, it's almost like too easy, I feel like. So that's, he's really shitty, not because he's taking advantage of these people, but because he's just targeting them in such a malicious way. Like, he found the perfect demographic for these to work. <laughs> I, uh, I really enjoy that the Prince of Nigeria scam. Yes. Like, it just continually evolves, and yeah. people continue to fall for it. It's amazing. I can't, I just, it's like... Are we, were we taught this in school at some point? Like, why don't we fall for it? Uh, so I've, I've heard a thing about this, and apparently it's because we grew up with the internet. Okay. And it's like the internet is constantly trying to sell us shit, and we oh. just eventually learned that, like, if they're trying to sell you something, then it's probably not as good as it sounds. Right. Right? And so that's what we had. But our, like, the boomers grew up with, like, radio ads and like things where like no one ever lied on new on the tv and stuff like that right I right guess. and like no one if you were trying to sell you something like there was just a guy trying to make an honest buck it wasn't some like you know scammer in i mean i guess but also the boomers were the generation that saw the lucky strike ads that were doctor approved yeah you know that denied that they caused cancer right so they've seen scams that's what I'm saying. But I think everyone <laughs> believed that then. I don't know. I just feel like yeah, but you that's then. Them. Yeah, like they're now they're PIs. I know. <laughs> they're struggling for funding. <laughs> they're like okay. They get a phone call from a guy who says they're, they're he PI. doesn't even he won't even tell you what what foundation he's from. He's like I'm from the NIH. Oh yeah, which division? You know, NIH. the main one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
Can just give me your bank information. I'll deposit the grant. Okay. <laughs> it just it, it's insane because their PIs they're the smartest pe- people in their room usually. Yeah. Right. Uh, they are always questioning everything, and then someone comes up with an idea that it's a recycled scam from an email. Mm-hmm. But just with way... Re- so at least the Prince of Nigeria fucked you good and was like, okay, I'm going to give you $10 million if you give me 10000 Yeah, Makes sense. Pay for the for the money to be able to come in. Yeah. These guys are getting scammed for $14,000. Yeah. Which is worse. I understand that you need to... Like, maybe that makes it an even $14,000 is half of a grad student. That, I mean, You yeah. could get so little work done with half a grad student. <laughs> Imagine, divide the little amount of work that we get done in half, and yeah. that's what $14,000 gets you. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so, you got you better risk So, to them, your, it's worth it. You better you know? risk your financial yeah, information yeah. for that. I think to, they see that, and they're like, well, why not? Why not? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, the third shitty person... Or group that I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, are white nationalists. <laughs> okay, cool. But cool. Always in the list. Yeah, but not not for the reason that I think that everyone's thinking about. So you went, I think in levels of shittiness, uh-huh. you went uh uh first so second Shkreli, uh-huh. then like the NIH scammer is shitty, but I feel like low. Yeah. And then full on one yeah. at the end. You yeah. you brought you saved the best for the saved end. Save the best for the last. Okay. I think. Okay. Yeah. So well, let's listen about. But this. but yeah, I don't know. I don't. It's not really for like the you know the Charlottesville reason. Right. Although you know that's a good reason. That's again. a good, good reason enough. to hate on them. Yeah. But so I read an article recently where these white nationalists are getting some genetic testing done to basically prove how white they are. Of course. Right? So they're like, hey, like, science will show that I'm, like, super white. Right. As if, like, their behavior didn't already indicate that. But these people are getting their genetic testing back, and it's coming back, like, 80% European, 20% Sub-Saharan African. And yeah. they're freaking out, <laughs> which is awesome. It's right? great. So then they go to their, like, little, like, Reddit message boards, and they're like, guys, turns out... I'm 20% Sub-Saharan African. Something is totally wrong, right? <laughs> Tell me everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and then there's white nationalist buddies go and they say, oh yeah, like the statistics are bad or that's the you shouldn't use that company or that they just basically try and justify it. Right. And then they'll go and they'll give money to a different company and then get different genetic tests back that say, hey, now... You're 75% white and 25% Sub-Saharan African. And they go back to the mission room and they're like, no! 23andMe is terrible! Use the other guys. And then, uh, like, so they're, they're doing all this genetic testing. And to me, like, the reason that they're shitty is because they're trying to fit their data into, you know, their own narrative. Right. They're not letting the data dictate the narrative. Exactly. Which is just terrible science. Yes, it, it, it and, is. And also they're Nazis. But for sure, one. Two, I think there's a good commercial opportunity here mm-hmm. for Jim Watson, known <laughs> fucking misogynist and racist piece of shit, also Nobel Prize winner. Uh, so he could start his own genetics 
testing company for white nationalists tailored to white nationalists. so smart so like he obviously already has an account on that reddit subthread mm, yeah um so he should just start advertising his own company and then he just he doesn't need to do anything yeah he just sends them like a q-tip right and then they send and it back like... he throws it in the trash <laughs> and this is 100 percent white yeah. for sure white yeah for sure white yeah. like some irish stuff yeah. and uh yeah german for sure yeah, for sure german, german. Um, yeah, period. God. But then he could just troll them with occasionally being like 1% Jew. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Like, smell a little Jew in there. <laughs> Sorry about that. If but you yeah. want, if you want to, for me to redo the test, you need to pay me more money. Oh, so smart. I feel like we should be doing this. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. I, That's the best money. way yeah. to, uh, you know. To fuck the Nazis. Yeah. It's to take their money. Just troll them back. <laughs> troll them back okay, so. Actually, Wait, but so I honestly, like that is almost too good of an idea because one of the quotes from the article I read said uh-huh. that these people tried to discredit the genetic tests as a Jewish conspiracy that's trying to confuse true white Americans about their ancestry. <laughs> <laughs> so wouldn't it be the ultimate irony that a Jew and a Mexican... <laughs> get together take their dna and then just throw it away and say you know what you are 100 percent white to actually confuse them about their ancestry nothing would make me happier man oh god it's just too beautiful <laughs> it's, it's almost as beautiful as going up in the hpi i have fourteen thousand dollars for you i'll throw in a, a box of skittles too <laughs> The grad students will love it. <laughs> Dude, I told you how uh, there's a company that sells us um, histology stuff. Uh-huh. And then they send us a 50 mil conical filled with M&M's. Yeah. And we it. all freak out about it. <laughs> yes. You We're so, to. like, what? what animals. is the joy in our lives? Caged animals. Like, small that's things. Yeah. Small things. That's a, that's a PC <laughs> for you. <Yeah. laughs> oh, man. Well, that's all I got. That's, those are my shitty people. All right, and so I think to counter some of that, some of those stories, I want to talk about two things. Uh, the first has to do with Shkreli and uh, essentially the tactic he used to be able to raise the price that much and to actually be the only one providing that drug. Um, so in case you don't know, what Shkreli did was essentially, or and what a lot of companies used to do, was buy small uh, pharmaceutical companies that produced a single drug, a single generic drug, that essentially faced no competition. And then they could raise the price, and because the FDA took so long to approve another company to come in and produce the same drug, uh, and therefore drive the prices down by competition, uh, you could have a, a monopoly for a while, which is what Screlly did with Daraprim, and uh, Valiant Pharmaceuticals did with a bunch of companies. Uh, so one way that to combat that is to obviously make it easier for companies to re-enter the generic market. And so the FDA commissioner, Scott Gottlieb, which uh, is one of the few good things, I'd say, that Trump has um, done, has approved a, a record number of um, approvals for companies to re-enter the generic market. So that's good. Um, and that, in theory, should help... Uh, you know, control generic prices, but you never know with drug prices, honestly. And I guess in more good news, um, or exciting news, I guess, 
uh, we were wrong about designer babies. They're right around the corner because now someone uh, up in Oregon at Oregon Health and Science University has just uh, CRISPRed a disease-causing mutation out of embryos at a very high yield and uh, in a safe manner. I, I, uh, so, I, uh, just I'm, saying. I'm not with you on that. Why, though? Because, so, so here's the thing, and I could be wrong, and maybe I'm just, like, not getting it, but when I saw this, everyone was, like, really excited about it, but to me, this, it doesn't make sense to be CRISPRing out these, like, monogenic mutations, because in order to, like, have the embryos to CRISPR, you have to have them outside the body, which yes. means that the parents are doing IVF or something like it, right? And in that point, why not just screen the embryos for the disease and discard the disease-carrying embryos and only implant the healthy ones? Which is something that they do, right? Yeah, already. they do it already. And then you're adding CRISPR is just adding an extra step with like minute increases in like yield. It makes no sense. Uh, yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> like I mean, like. Yeah, it's I, not a huge I feel like I'm being, the thing is, is like I'm not being I feel like I'm being gaslit on this because like on the internet I'll like post something like that and people mm-hmm. will be like you just don't get it like <laughs> this is amazing like this is a huge step and like maybe it's like a nice technical hurdle but it, I just feel like it's not a useful thing to be doing I think it's the other way I think it's a great scientific thing right it's a great proof of concept yeah sure but technically it doesn't improve things yeah. Like on, on the pragmatic side of things. Right. Uh, expecting parents probably won't uh, uh, experience a change. Right. Not anytime soon, at least. Yeah. Because you would need, yeah, you would need to do the editing um, in utero. Right. And like... And how you, can you even control that? You, you can't. And like the thing is, like, you'd have to do it in order for it to be systemic. You'd have to do it like somewhere on the eight cell stage. I don't yeah. even know if you know you're pregnant when an embryo is eight... At the eight no, cell yeah. stage, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't. Think I can't so imagine. But like, it's just not realistic. I mean, like, the ultimate goal I imagine is mm-hmm. like you're, you know, two months pregnant, you get uh, like some sort of ability to test the fetus for like disease causing genes. You find out that they have a disease, mm-hmm. a, like monogenic disease. The mom takes some sort of magic CRISPR pill in like this future that we live in. And the right. baby, like, the cells of pertinence get crispered and fixed. Then you have a healthy baby. But, like, that's, like, that's not what this is. That's true. And there's no also here. that, um, I mean, it's been criticized, but there's that mouse paper in which they um, essentially crispered out, try to crisper out a mutation in the liver, I think, mm-hmm. with a virus um, directed to the liver. And then they found out that there was an incredible amount of off-target mutations, like way more than predicted, right. way more than they ever saw in cells. Yeah. Um, so editing in vivo is clearly different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there's there's a lot to work out. And, you know, I guess to your point is, if that is true, then that's probably why there's a lot of concerns that really CRISPR in the, in the IBF side or in the embryo side is more to... CRISPR things in or to add you know to have designer babies to be like oh I want my children to have this color of uh, this eye color this hair color be this height uh, yeah whatever 
I'm just, I'm like still not sold on that. I mean, that's so complicated, right? Like eye color is still multiple genes and like height is still multiple genes. Yeah, that's Hair true. colors, you know, all of that is like so much more complicated. And like, you know, think of it this way, right? George Church, in my heart. Friend of the pod. Yeah, friend of the pod. I know that he's the only person that's going to make a designer baby in our lifetime. Yeah. And it's not going to be a human. No. It's going to have gonna, a human name, but. It's going to yeah. have a human name. <laughs> But it's gonna be a woolly mammoth <laughs> for sure, and like he's been working a on that disgusting hybrid of a woolly mammoth. <laughs> it's gonna be a woolly mammoth. And, like the thing is, he's been working on this for his entire like since he was two years old, and his parents put a woolly mammoth stuffed animal in his crib. He's yeah. been thinking like, I'm yeah. gonna make you real, you know? <laughs> Do you remember that episode of South Park where like they uh, they visit this? commune where like everyone loves animals mm -hmm. and sometimes they marry an animal yeah and so uh one of them has a, a child that is like a dog human yeah, hybrid yeah, yeah. And it says it's kill me <laughs> that's gonna be little church yeah. oh. for sure yeah um <laughs> i don't know i mean um. the, i Basically, the, desi the designer baby thing is just, I just can't imagine it being real. And obviously, like, all of these designer babies, when they are a thing, they're all just going to look back at this South Park episode and be like, yeah, this is my life. This is my life for sure. I'm a duck person. And also, I think, uh, you know, going back to the IBF thing, it's so hard. It requires so many eggs and the probability is low enough that if you add, like, the CRISPR step... You're not really increasing the probability, right? Not at all. Yeah, like your probability of IVF implantation is low. Yeah, I guess unless you're uh, the Octomom, which uh, if you want to ruin your day, do Google uh, a picture of her belly because it's so big, so purple for some reason. And <laughs> I don't know, it's very weird to me. And definitely do not Google Octomom porn oh. because that's a thing. Yeah. And we don't, <laughs> don't ask me how I know that, no. but uh, it is. Uh, so, yeah, so that's <laughs> see, guys, that's what happens when we try to do positive news. We yeah. end up shitting on it and discussing things <laughs> that we shouldn't be discussing in public. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I'm all right, so now we'll recommend you some things to do uh, to try out. I was going to start this portion of the podcast by telling you all to go to Charlottesville, Virginia, because <laughs> I went there one week before the rally and I thought it was beautiful. Like UBA is a gorgeous campus. Um, Monticello, like all the wine country around Charlottesville, it was super nice. I ate a lot of great food. Um, but now I, I don't know whether to recommend it or not. I, I, I think for now, at least, it's not a good, it's not a good idea. Um, so I mean, I'll recommend, to be fair, yeah. I think it's probably fine. I mean, like, not all of those people live there. Like, it's still, it's That's still a true. nice place. Yeah, it's probably super despite nice. Despite the fact so. that, like... But I would give it, like, a month so that they can, like, clean up. Yeah, like, cool down. And they probably, like, I don't know. Do people still like graffiti during rallies and stuff i don't know anyway yeah i would wait a little bit just to see it in its prime um but it's nice it is super nice uh so uh i'll recommend a podcast though it's called all fantasy everything <laughs> it's great uh the premise of the podcast is that you take any topic so um 
you know, uh, fast food restaurants or condiments or sports movies, and then you treat it like a fantasy draft, like a football fantasy draft. So everyone pick, gets a pick, uh, defends the pick, and this would be super boring, except it's uh, the host, Ian Carmel, always has like three or four comedians um, doing the picks. So it's actually super, super fun. Um, there's a couple in which you actually feel like it's a draft, like people are fighting for the number one spot because they know there's a pretty clear pick. In uh, other ones, it's just like, yeah, all of these picks, picks make sense. Um, the Taco Bell menu one is very good. Ooh. Everyone should listen to that one. I got to listen to that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, I truly believe that Quesarito would be somewhere at the top, mm-hmm. but they disagreed, so yeah, yeah. go and check it out. Do they have uh, the breakfast menu items in that list? Because they are underrated. They are underrated, but I I still maintain my aversion to trying to eat eggs outside of my house, mm. especially at fast food restaurants. Yeah, but you know they're not really eggs, so... Exactly, that's the point, though. Not a problem. That's the point. I don't know. It's like, uh, it's those eggs that it's powdered per, plus water. Yeah. So they, ooh, they have that <laughs> uh, watery, ooh, yellowy thing. You know, like if you put them in a container, mm-hmm. the the egg will separate from like a yellowy. Wo- Ooh. <laughs> I think we might have to pause uh, that to go vomit. It's it's horrible. It's it's the same. It's as bad as ham sweat. Have oh, you ever had ham no. sweat? I don't. I'm Jewish. So when you leave, <laughs> I don't do ham. <laughs> Turkey breast sweat. <laughs> Pastrami sweat. <laughs> Nope. Uh, anyway, it's when you leave deli meats on the fridge for too long, uh-huh. and they become like like sweaty, like uh, oh. like uh, 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 like slick. Yeah, that's like a slime. Like a sli- it's slimy. Yeah. That's the word that I was looking for. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's that does not sound my hard. worst nightmare. Yeah, no. Um, so yeah, no, no, no. I don't. I don't want to encounter any of those. So I love Taco Bell, but <laughs> breakfast menus just no eggs, for the for the most part. Me personally. All right. So you don't do the eggs because of the ham slime. Don't do the eggs because of the egg slime. Egg slime. Of the egg water, really. Mm-hmm. And don't do, like, old ham because of the ham slime. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't writing that down, but I'm you sure should. I'll, I'll try you to should. It's, it's uh, something that you should live by. Right. Uh, and then this is actually a straight-up recommendation and challenge to all of you. Um, so I brought, I just finished playing softball, my first, uh, league, my first, like, tournament. Um, and I got very excited, very into it. I suck, even though I'm Hispanic, I don't know how that happens. Because you're not uh, from the Dominican. Yeah, that is true, though. We have good Mexican players, but, yeah, anyway. (laughs) Um, so, but I got really into playing catch. Like, now I get why, like, everyone wants a dad that plays catch with them. Except my dad is still back home and doesn't play baseball. So I brought my glove and my ball to the lab. I had the opposite problem. <laughs> my dad was so desperate too, to play catch with me. And I was like picking up caterpillars. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's so sad, question mark? I don't know. I had For a great, him, I guess. I, for him it was, I think. Yeah. It's just like when I didn't play soccer and my dad was just like, what is this shit? Yeah. You are Mexican. (laughs) (laughs) And my kid. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so anyway, 
and I become so into it that I play catch against the wall. Oh. So I throw against the wall and the softball will bounce and then I can catch it. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same. No. So That sounds so lonely. I'm That's inviting like... anyone that has a glove to just text me, reach me, however, and then we can play catch after a stressful day in lab. Hey, hey, how's uh, lab going? Uh, bad, man. Want to go play catch? Yes. Day is better all of a sudden. Yeah, email those requests to at uh, or incubation time at gmail.com. Yeah, or, or at incubation time on Twitter. Or at Manuel Saman at Twitter. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> uh, so that's me. And so um, I've been trying to, uh, I had a goal to like read a lot more this year, like okay. this calendar year. So, so uh, audiobooks? Read uh, audiobooks? No, 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 no. Okay. I actually, actually <laughs> I do I a lot of audiobooks. But um, I've actually, so I've been reading, like, actually physically reading a lot more. Okay. Which is pretty nuts. And so I have this uh, Kindle that I do it on. But um, I, we actually went and saw this movie um, called The House, which is actually way, oh, yeah. <laughs> way funnier than I thought it was going to be. It's that it's one very with, funny. Um, yeah, it was the one with Will Ferrell and uh, Amy Poehler. Yeah. And uh, I went in with really low expectations, and it was, it was really good. But the thing yeah. is, is the movie was rated R. And so all of the trailers leading up to this movie were also trailers that were rated R. And so most of them were horror movie trailers. So um, we saw the trailer. (laughs) We saw the trailer. Horrible trailers. We saw the trailer for It while we were there in there. And so I had previously seen the like for all audiences version of that trailer and thought like, you know, this is I've heard about this book. I've heard about this movie and. You know, it seems like it's probably scary, but the trailer didn't look that bad. And then I saw the rated R trailer, and it was fucking terrifying. No, no. And, like, to the point where this woman in the theater screamed, like, three times. <laughs> Maybe she was crying. She yelled out loud at the end, why are they doing this to us? <laughs> it was scary. And um, I'm a huge wimp when it comes to horror. Yeah, me too. Uh, so I was, like, I was terrified by this trailer. I... But I was really curious as to, like, what this book was about or what the story yeah. was about. Uh, but I'm definitely not going to see the movie. Okay. So I bought good, the book. Good idea. And the book is incredible. It's, like, really good. I'm about halfway through. But also through. terrifying or it's no? It's absolutely terrifying. Okay. But the thing is, like, you're reading it, so it kind of happens, like, in much... Like, there's no jump scares that can really That's happen. True, yeah. It's just very, like, unsettling. Yeah, okay. It's like eerie. Like a thriller. Like a, it's like a, like a, yeah, it's like a thrillery, but it's like, it's really unsettling and it like sits with you. And the issue is that I read before I go to bed. So there are nights when like I'm reading and I'm like, I know that I have this look of like terror on my face as I'm reading and then I'll have to like put it down and then I'll like have to like read something else before I fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or watch something nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, and, I get that. Um, but yeah, it's really good. The <laughs> other issue though is that like I'm trying to read like, you know, I, my goal was to read 18 books by the end of the year. And okay. right now I'm, like, on Why track. Why 18? I just, like, you know, one book per month plus, like, a half, you know. Like <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure, sure, sure. It's sure. a random number. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, the issue, though, is that this book is, like, 1,200 pages long. What? Super long. Yeah. So I've been reading it for, So they like, got a bunch of stuff for the movie. I feel I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know. Didn't you see the original movie? No. So the original is actually a miniseries, apparently. It was like what? a TV miniseries, I think. Okay. Um, and so I think it was longer than like a traditional movie. Like. Because that's the one that I remember watching. 
Oh, so I've never seen any of it. Okay, okay. I just Don't. knew that there was a clown yeah. that kills people. Yeah. That's basically it. Yeah, yeah, And it turns out that he, like, loves kids. Like, kids are his favorite thing to kill. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why, like, clowns are the worst. Yeah. So anyway, the book is terrifying. It's really good. <laughs> and it's, like, hard to put oh, it down. Oh, but you're lagging behind on your, on your account, on your book count. Right, so that's so the thing because it's so long. Yeah. But I think I'm, like, halfway done. I've been reading it for about, like, a month-ish. You'll, you'll be good. So I think it'll be good. Just pick very thin books. Yeah, for, for the, the future. One. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's because the plan. Anything plan, like 200 pages or less. Your plan is just 18 books. No right. one said no number one. of pages. Yeah, exactly. So no, it's count. good. So two notes on that. And it's very topical because the two movies that really scared the living shit out of me as a child were American History X mm. and It. Uh-huh. And America is trying to remake them. Oh, God. Right In now. D- different ways. Like, yeah. it, it is now on theaters. Although, to be completely fair, yeah. Steve Bannon looks a little bit like what the clown is described as at times. <laughs> so it's a crossover? Yeah, it could be a crossover. It's a crossover. Yeah. And he definitely, Worse. like, drinks oh. kids' blood for... Yeah, that's true. I mean, so. that's the thing. Like, uh, uh, you see the Charlottesville stuff? Yeah. You never see, like... You only see the fat Nazi in American History X. You don't see the ripped guy. Yeah. You don't see, like, Derek. Well, yeah. You only see, like, the, the shitty ones. Mm-hmm. Not like the, oh, okay, yeah, that guy's, like, super ripped. Yeah. Yeah, I probably don't want to punch that Nazi. Every, but everyone is just like, hey, I'm here in khakis and white polos and very punchable face. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so I just wanted to say, like, America, I love you. Why are you bringing up my childhood traumas? Yeah. After I saw it, I didn't shower for a week. Oh. Because it comes out of the shower yeah. in one scene in the movie that I saw. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I didn't spoil that for you. No, no. Um, and I couldn't. I just couldn't. No. Or I would shower and I would shampoo with my eyes open and like Stay. get yeah. shampoo in my eyes. Because no, the clown is coming for me. <laughs> Mom, <laughs> this is a normal thing. <laughs> and that's a wrap on episode 10 of Incubation Time. As always, thanks for listening. If you have any questions for us, you can contact us on Twitter at BenchTubMedia or via email, incubationtime at gmail.com. Links to all the articles we discuss will be posted on the show notes. And uh, shout out to Laura Cohen, the world's lowest binge watcher. The music in this episode was obtained through a Creative Commons license. If you enjoyed it, check out the artists, Deer Tick, Kurt Vile, and The Relatives. Finally, just a reminder that the opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our employer, the Johns Hopkins Medical Institutions.